Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of One More Minute Convos with Mo. And today I have a very special guest to help kick off my birthday weekend. You know, every single birthday I do a countdown to the things that I learned. And this year is extra, extra special. Um, before I introduce her, I'm going to read her bio and we'll get, get started and get to know her just a little bit better. So today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Key Holloman. She is recognized as one of the most brilliant minds in education and business. She is a native of Mississippi, and she has transformed the lives of thousands of Black entrepreneurs across the world. Her love of community, paired with her mantra, support is a verb, inspires and educates African-Americans to create gener generational health and wealth. Her key to success is her village affectionately known as Dr. Key. She moves business from sales to success and inspires them to become doers, supporters, and leaders of change. So her mission for, uh, the mission for a visionary advocates and empowers artisans, creators, and burgeoning Black businesses who want to thrive. And if you are a native of Atlanta, you all are very familiar with Village Market ATL. She started that business in 2016, and she has reached and served over 1,440 businesses and facilitated $6.3 million of direct sales to Black-owned businesses. Now with several verticals under the Village Market uh, moniker, Dr. Key has recently expanded her village to include her storefront, the Village at Pont City Market, a curated collection of premier Black businesses. She has cultivated a team of her very own, employing 100% Black people. Over 90% of them are women. That is very impressive. Um, Dr. Holloman is inducted into the 40 Under 40 Society, her undergraduate alma mater, Tugalo College. She's inducted to the Atlanta Business Chronicle 40 Under 40. She was recognized in 2021 by the Route 100 as one of the most successful African-Americans enlisted in the inaugural Forbes 50 champions. Dr. Holloman was appointed to the 61st Mayor of Atlanta's transition team to serve on the Ethics and Procurement Committee for the City of Atlanta. And most importantly, she is also a member of Alpha Cap Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So Dr. Holloman is absolutely amazing. I'm a huge fan. I've known her for years. Um, I remember going to the village when it was um, in different places around Atlanta. I would go and buy shea butter and vegan ice cream and all the things. So to see her flourish into what she has now, it is truly an honor. Um, she's someone that not only um, I'm inspired by, but motivated by. Um, and I garner inspiration for her daily. So ladies and gentlemen, here's Dr. Key. Welcome to the podcast. So happy that you joined us today. We're very excited to have you. Is it you want to say, do we miss anything? I mean, your bio is absolutely amazing. I think you said everything and then some. I'm so delighted to be here. I'm so delighted to celebrate your full return around the universe, right? Um, welcoming to your 35th year. I'm so grateful to share space and time with you. Oh, thank you. We're so happy to have you. So I guess we'll go ahead and get started. You have such an amazing story. Um, I guess I would say, you know, you live in Atlanta, but you're from Mississippi. How did your upbringing down in the Delta kind of contribute to who you are and what you do today? Yeah, I, I tell people, you know, if you haven't been to Mississippi, you're probably afraid of Mississippi because of the movies that you saw growing up and things that you heard about the place. But for me, um, being in Mississippi was 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 home, is home. Uh, safe haven, very nurturing community, uh, just good country folks who care about people. Um, I, I was highly nurtured as a child. Mm -hmm. I, my grandmothers, uh, who were very instrumental in the woman I am today, and grandfathers as well, spent a great deal of time in, in Mississippi over the summers, really just loving on me, speaking over my life. 
Um, the same with my parents. Um, but Mississippi is a special, special um, place in this country um, that has a lot of Black folks that, like me, that come from the state. Um, and our job is to really tell that other story of Mississippi while that other story is also true. But there are some very special people that come come from the state and co has come from a lot to be able to ascend. Um, I also tell folks, I believe Mississippians have the best heart. I haven't I haven't met a Mississippian yet that that isn't warm. And I think it's because of, of growing in a place where especially being black, that you your family, your community, your broader community had to love on you and we had to love on each other. Yeah, well, I can, I can definitely tell you came from from good stock, as my dad would say, you are probably one of the most genuine, like nicest people that I know you have like a light that people are drawn to. Like, it's just very like caring and just the way you speak, the way you carry yourself. So that definitely tracks. Um, and I, I've never been to Mississippi. I have some friends from Mississippi, but I clearly need to make a trip down there and, and see what all the good news is about. Um, and so I guess the next question I have for you is, so part of your background we didn't touch on is before you became this um, master bridge builder and connector and community um, facilitator, you were an educator. How did you go from being a traditional educator to moving Black business owners from dreamers to doers? Uh, that's a great question. I spent over 13 years in education. And Monique, I remember when I was in third grade, it was like a career day. And the question was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I stood up so proud to say, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to own a lot of businesses. I don't know how I knew. I knew how I knew about being a teacher. Right. Because I wanted to be like my third grade teachers. But I have no idea like where that that thought came from with being uh, with owning a lot of businesses. I think God just has a way of downloading vision in you. Mm -hmm. um, but after 13 years in education, I taught in the classroom um, I moved to leadership. Then I went to the Georgia Department of Education as a researcher. I, I had that feeling that I had fulfilled my time there. And what was so beautiful around the time that I felt my spirit transitioning out of traditional education, I got this spiritual download for the village market. And at that time, the only thing I heard was uh, it takes a village. A village. Um, and I had this this gnawing idea of creating this village, creating this concept for black businesses. But I can't tell you, it has to be spiritual because I wasn't doing that. I wasn't in the space of being an entrepreneur. I spent all of my time the same way I'm passionate about businesses. I was passionate about education uh, and ensuring that black and brown kids um, were seen fully and had opportunities. But in, in 2015 is when I first had that vision of the village market. And I asked God to please just allow me to finish my dissertation because there's no way I can do anything with this now. And then as soon as I got done, that I would nurture this thing that's in my mind. So for three to four months after that, I began really like combing out this idea. My, my first thought was gathering people. And, and I did it in a way that I knew to do it. And that's gathering people so I can talk to them and get people um, together in a room. And the, my first topic of conversation was entrepreneurship. Um, and so I got a lot of my friends at that time who were entrepreneurs to come out to Urban Ground Coffee Shop with me to lead this conversation around economic mobility. But what I asked my friends who were entrepreneurs was to be honest. 
and to share the information. Don't hoard it. And what I ask the community to come and to be receivers, but to share it once they leave. That is the same things that I taught my students, that if I teach you something and it's amazing, you got to go home and tell your brother, sister, cousin. Um, you have to share the knowledge. And I always invited people to, to my classroom because I didn't want my students to think I was the only one. I wanted them to see brilliance in layers and different shades and different forms and different facets. So as I met people, I brought those people to the school district. And, and so when it was time for me to create the village, I actually just did the same thing, but just a different model. This time it was entrepreneurship. And so that very first class at Urban Grind Coffee Shop, we had over about 60 to 70 people there. And I knew I was so clear after that first class that the work was entrepreneurship, the work was small businesses. And as I did my next class, I had the, the, the vision of creating a, the village market that I knew that I needed to make sure that, that we move beyond talking, that we got to a place of application, that in order for us, you and I, to experience economic prosperity together, people need to be buying and people need to be talking about buying. And so that, that vision of the village market came in pieces, but it came to me in a way that I was comfortable with, meaning my first thing I had to do was gather and teach. Mm -hmm. I spent 13 years doing that. But what I did know at that time was seven years after that, that I would build this national model where I have partnerships internationally. I had no idea that that spiritual download would turn into that. And I'm so grateful that I did the very first assignment and that's doing what I was already comfortable doing and that's gathering people. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, my next question I have for you is how did you kind of bridge that gap between your reality and your dreams? But the first step was to gather the people. It was the gathering of minds and and abilities and talents and gifts and seeing how those could work toward what you wanted to do. So you said it was your first step. So what was your next step after you had this meeting at the coffee shop? You had all these people facilitating. How did you get to your very first like village market? Yeah. So after my third class, I did these classes monthly. Mm -hmm. So in March, I made an announcement because everyone that was coming to these classes, over 80 percent of those people were business owners or novice business owners. So I made a, an announcement um, and I didn't know before I went into the class that I would make this an announcement. That's how cool it is. Wow. But I made this announcement at the, at the very end that in a month I was going to have this very special experience in Atlanta that no one has ever seen before. And that I needed everyone to sign up for the mailing list if they were down, even though I can't tell you what it is just yet. But but be ready. If you are an entrepreneur, be ready. If you love black businesses, be ready. And people signed up. And I and I sent an email out that night to the mailing list and I made the announcement that I will be doing a village market. And I said, if you don't know what it is, don't worry about it. Black businesses will make money. Uh, and you will be seen and you will be valued. So what I had to do after I made that announcement that I didn't know I was going to make, I had four weeks to execute. I never had an event space. I'd never done anything like what I said I was going to do in 2016. Um, I was actually very shocked that it came out of my body and I said it. <laughs> but I was so <laughs> I was so clear though. I was so clear and I was so inspired by what I saw in my mind. And April 23rd, I executed. 
And we had over 500 people come out um, to the very first village market with with 23 businesses at that time. And the furthest state uh, is your home state, Florida. That's amazing. Um, Just to see your business transform from the small stage to like a larger local stage, now like the world stage is just a testament of like timing, being prepared and just being ready. Like you said, um, how did you discover that building and connected community was like one of your passions? And I, I feel like it's actually a superpower because we talk about building community. People can network. People can meet people when you go out. But it's you have to really have a gift and something special to like bring all kinds of people to the table and help them work together. So how did you know that that was like something that God had gifted you? Uh, another great question. Uh, I, and I, you are right. It's a superpower. I think it's one of my my superpowers. I knew early on, um, it was during, I was actually still in high school at this time when I first understood that I had a gift, but it was during um, Black History Month and the community in Baseville wanted to do um, a whole program around it and being a high, being in high school I got this done and this is this is at a time when a lot of black history wasn't taught and gathering in this way just wasn't a thing that we did but I, I gathered people in Baseville to put on a black history program and then in college I organized one of the first Juneteenth festivals in Jackson Mississippi and this is yeah being an undergrad and new so I've had these moments in life that really foreshadowed who I will become. But I, the, the, the feeling that I have is always the same. I get this vision and then I get excited. And then I have a sense of nervousness that comes to my stomach. And I know this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. If it happens in another order, I feel off. But wow. if I... If I have a vision, I get excited and a bit of nervousness like sweeps over me. I'm always so clear that this is what I'm supposed to do. And it happened with the coffee shop. I, at this time, I didn't know a lot of people in Atlanta. I lived a very traditional life that's going to work, going to the gym to work out. But I was very much so an educator. I wasn't on this cool ecosystem scene. So that means I just didn't know a lot of people. But the fact that I had this idea uh, for the village at that time and was able to attract these people to come to Urban Grind. And I, many of them I didn't know. And, and a lot of them now are still my friends. Mm. I was able to do that. And in the next couple months, in four months, I was able to do the village market. I just have had a lot of tests, little small tests. And I think those little small tests was just confirmation from my own spirit that I had a very unique calling. And I come, I come, my spirit just awakens when I'm in a room full of intentional people. It's, it's a euphoric feeling, um, it's spiritual, that I, I truly know that when intentional people get in a room of like minds and like spirit, magic happens. I've had so many out-of-body experiences of when it happens. And I know that if, if I can just gather the people, gather the right people, then we can see different outcomes for ourselves. We can feel differently. We can love differently. And when we love differently, it opens up a level of trust that many of us haven't experienced with each other. Wow. And it's so interesting. I feel like I when I'm on Twitter, I see people talk about how hard it is to 
build community as you get older. It takes a level of like vulnerability and present. You have to be present in that moment. How do you uh, authentically build relationships with people? Like, of course, you want to build relationships with people in business, but like in your own like day to day relationships. How do you do that? Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I I think this is being a Southerner again. I'm just so comfortable in my being. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't spend a lot of time, um, I guess, trying to placate or, or striving to conform. And so when I meet people, I meet people as the version of myself that I am at that time. And the reason why I say that is because we're constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just naturally, if I know when I meet people, if I vibe with them, I know that if I need to have a boundary, mm-hmm. there's a feeling that I have when I need to protect myself. There's a feeling that I have when I need to make sure that I'm open. I'm glad that I did the work years ago to trust my feelings. But I I, I, I practice really hard of, of dismantling people's um, guards mm-hmm. because I need us to get to work. And so if I do a good job of disarming people and then letting them know that my intentions are very pure, um, that I have a deep desire for us to experience a better life together. And I, I experience people almost like taking down that armor. Wow. And it's beautiful to, to witness it. But I don't know if I could do that if I haven't done the work on myself. I spend a great, I spin. it's not a past tense thing, it's very present. I spent a great time nurturing my vessel so I can be clear um, and so I can be deeply comfortable, comfortable in, in, in my skin. What does nurturing your vessel look like? What's, what's, this, what's like your top self-care practice that keeps you whole and centered and like present? Yeah, I could tell you what I did this morning because I do this every day. Um, but I woke up, um, I always wake up in enough time to be quiet before I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. But I, I wake up and... I normally go to my kitchen to make sure I get have my water ready. I don't like it cold, but I when so but when it comes out of the refrigerator, of course it's cold, so I sit it out. And I spend that time from the time that my water from the time that my water is cold to turns into room temperature. I spend that time speaking over myself mm. very clearly the way that you and I are talking. I speak time. I spend time speaking protection over my life, over my day, over my thoughts, mm. of, over my relationships. I spend time asking, calling in the spirit of peace mm-hmm. over myself. Um, I spend time making sure that I'm prepared for the day ahead. And that's if something that may intimidate me slightly, I pray for confidence to be to, to literally stand in it. And so I don't I don't miss a day without talking to myself like you and I are talking to talking at this time. But I make sure that I spend those those words, every word that I use is very intentional and very loving and very tender. Because I, I think when we get into the world, we have to be something less than tender. Yep. Be strong, especially as Black women. We have to be strong. We have to be resolute. We have to be clear. And so even in my tenderness, I'm clear. But what I do before I go into the world, I make sure that I've been tender with myself and that I let myself know fully that I am prepared, that I am capable, that I am loved, that I am protected, and that I am seen. I love that. I'm, I'm going to definitely start doing that. Yeah. How, did you, how did you arrive to that place? Because, you know, we're in a, a season where 
mindfulness, self-care, those are all buzzwords, right? People, people say them, everybody's going to therapy. I'm in, I'm in therapy. I go twice a month. I go every other week. And, you know, it's one thing to do those things. But it's another thing to practice them. How did you get to that place where you feel comfortable being in your skin, where you can, oh, this is what I'm doing. I've set the boundary. Cause you know, you might have friends over like, oh, you know, Dr. Kayla's hanging out. You're like, nope, I got to go do this in the morning. How did you get to that place and be disciplined enough to speak life into yourself every day? I, I always had it modeled. Wow. Yeah, I always had it modeled. I, I, I was a, love, a well-loved child. I was a well-loved teenager. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if your family operates with that level of tenderness with you and some sternness, I had crazy misappearance. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> But like I, I just knew that I was loved. I knew that I was valued because I heard it. Mm-hmm. And where we use language like affirmations and speaking of ourselves, I witnessed my, my grandmother's praying. Yeah. I remember I experienced my great grandmother praying and just saying the kindest things. And because of that, I, I learned how to incorporate that in my own life. Now there was a time um, when I was 29, getting ready to, to turn 30, that I lost that. I lost that that power to wield myself to peace. And that's when my mother died. Um, and I had to build myself back up. It's like a Build-A-Bear. I had to build myself back up again to, to use my tools, to know that I am completely heartbroken. Um, and this too shall pass. I, I I had to say that a lot. I had to say it, Monique, when I didn't believe it. Yeah. But in order to stay sane, you have to say these things, um, you know, so you can get to a place of, of wholeness again, even though it's a new version of wholeness. Um, but I, I know that I have lost it before. That's why it is so precious to me to have it and to hold it so close. Yeah, I, I can. I share that feeling of losing a parent. Mm-hmm. I completely understand. I think now that my dad passed 12 years ago and I'm just now combing through that emotion of like grief. I feel like when you live life, you know, it happens to when you're young, you just, oh, I'm gonna go about life. I'll be fine. I have other things to keep me distracted. When you have that type of loss is like a hole there. So you have to try to fill the hole with things that are productive so that you can make it every day. So I completely, that's something that resonates and I can um, understand and relate to. So my next question for you is, I was at a panel recently with you and the uh, moderator referred to you as like Harriet Tubman, like leading people to, you know, success. What does it feel like to be building like a modern day Black Wall Street? Like, you know, we just celebrated the 100 year anniversary of, you know, the, the Tulsa burnings, the, the massacre that happened in Tulsa. And, you know, we wiped away, they wiped away tons of, of Black businesses. What does it feel like to kind of be building a new version of that with the Village Market ATL, the Village Market, you know, brand? I call it a franchise, you know, kind of providing resources, not only locally, but globally to entrepreneurs to succeed. It's a um, it's a very humbling feeling. Mm -hmm. I am so very grateful that I was given this this task. I'm so grateful I was trusted with this task. It's, I live, even on the days that I'm very stressed, I just have this peace that I know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do right now. And when businesses start to see themselves, business owners began to see themselves and what they're capable of doing, that's the win for me before they ever receive a transaction of a sale. 
Because I know that if we inherently believe in ourselves, all the cells come. Um, so when when I experience people, Monique, when they're when they have had a shift of their consciousness and their well-being, it is just an overwhelming feeling that I always just I always give thanks to God for that. And to see businesses grow from six figures to six uh, to from single figures to six figures. I, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful because I know that black people want to be hired. I know that kids are going to be able to see their parents aspire for something, achieve it. And that is paying for their vacation, paying for the extracurricular things. It's different to know that that, that, that source came from your parent. Like, I just know what it does for a family. I know what it does for a community when we're successful. And so I'm just, I'm just very, very grateful that I was given this assignment, trusted with it, and that I am also surrounded with good people that help me nurture it and see it through. Because I couldn't do any of these things if I didn't have my own personal village mm-hmm. that helps me really nurture all these big ideas that I have in my mind for Black businesses. Um, I'm never short of an innovative idea. I always say that I just need the help to see it through. And I've been very fortunate to always have the help to see it through. But I, I'm grateful. Um, but I'm very aware that I'm just getting started as well. So I, I feel like I'm just I'm, I'm really just leaving first base. I second base will look completely different. Third base will look completely different. And when I fr- finally make it over home base, I know that people's consciousness will shift drastically. And because of that, the legacy of who we are will shift. That's, that's a great segue to my next question. Support is a verb. I have the hoodie. <laughs> I've taken a picture at Village Market. I... I having community and relationships, that's one of those are like the most important things you ever have in your life. What does that mean for you, not only in business, but in your personal life when you say support is a verb? Yeah, support is like love. It's that thing that we all need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the thing that we don't always know how to ask for either. Um, because it when also when you feel, unfortunately, when you're a place of growth, if you feel that you need support, there's sometimes a place in you that that feels like you're inadequate or incapable. Mm -hmm. But the real shift in that conversation that support only means your village grows. We were were meant to be here to stand side by side, to support each other, to help each other achieve whatever successes, uh, to survive whatever life things that we all get hit, uh, hit with. Support is very much so like love. In the greatest hour and in the worst, you can close your eyes and you can see the people who were there. Mm. You can also close your eyes in the best and worst moments when you were there for somebody else. That's how important it is to me that we understand that support should be tangible. People should feel it, see it, experience it. It should be something that people can touch or something that people can close their eyes and remember. Mm. I... I am on a support mission because I want us to normalize it. I want us to normalize that the superpower is knowing when to ask and when to offer mm. and being in a place sometimes that you do the same, that you do both on the same day. I love that. I had a, I was on a Facebook 
and I get these little Facebook memories. Um, and I had a, a message from my dad that he wrote on my wall, like 12, 12, 12 years ago, actually. Well, actually 13. Um, and one of the things that he said in there was asking you shall receive, but you also have to be a blessing for someone else. Like as you're asking God to show you what you should be doing, you should be asking God to show you how you should help other people. So that is, I think sometimes when we are living life, we always are thinking about me, mine, and mine, right? We don't think about we, us, and ours, how we can help other people. Because the help you help, the help that you give other people is what you'll get back in return. Um, so I think that's really, really important um, as we continue to elevate, not just in business, but our personal lives too. And so I think one thing that I love about you, Dr. Key, is I love when you post quotes on Instagram. It's like my favorite thing. If you look at my Instagram stories, I always have a quote from you. Um, and your Twitter bio says you're an occasional gem drop, dropper, but I think you are the gem dropper. Um, you're constantly inspiring people. You're constantly giving people hope, talking about time. I feel like, you know, as when we're growing up and, you know, I, I kind of had a, a household similar to yours. My parents were giving me life lessons, but one thing they didn't really tell me about was like time, waiting my time. You know, time is a non-renewable resource, but when it's your time, it's your time. You just got to wait, wait for it to pop up. What has, what and who inspires you? Like you, you inspire so many people, like what motivates you? Who, who do you look to, to stay, you know, hydrated with faith and inspiration? Another, you are doing great with these questions. Another great question. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Oh, and I love that being hydrated with faith. Uh, I am very fortunate that I have good friends that on on any given day, one of my friends have done something amazing. That's what's so cool about being in this experience at this time. Uh, But my, you know, my friends who inspire me the most at this time are those who I see them rising and ascending. And I also experience them giving reverence. And I also get to experience the time when they unplug. Because to me, that's the life. That's the model. Um, And friends that come to mind, I don't want to get in trouble because I probably forget somebody. But who is coming to mind right now is my friend, Dr. Joy. Um, very close friend of mine, who's the CEO of Therapy for Black Girls. She is um, one of my walking inspirations, um, my group text friend, but she she lives the life as she teaches it. Uh, She's a good mother. She's a good friend. Her Therapy for Black Girls has become the model um, she's made sure that Black women get therapy, and she's also made sure therapists get jobs. And so she constantly keeps me in, in, inspired. And she's one of many, but she's the person that, that God brought to my heart in this moment. Um, and now, of course, there's some people that's on the, the, the outside of my life who I just get to like admire from the first and third degree. Um, but I, I, I love people who seem to be very passionate. Mm-hmm. who found a place, um, and it doesn't have to be anything grand. But when I experience people who seem that they're very clear and very passionate about what they're doing, it just oozes. And, and from that, I get inspired. I, I, get, I get ready to, I literally, after I met someone who's deeply passionate, I get in the, get in the car just cheesing because it is uh, it's, it's a invigorating energy 
So I just, you know, roundabout answer of just saying that people who are very passionate and people who are humble, but folks who are also who know how to marry that uh, with with confidence. Um, I love honest people too. folks who show up and say this. This is what I got. Yeah. This is all I am as I am today. I don't have a perfect. I'm not an algorithm. So it's life is not a highlight reel. This is my life. Uh, and that's inspiring to me because it keeps the humility in everything. Yeah. I think humility is really important. And I'm a huge Dr. Joy fan. Yeah. I got my therapist and therapy for black girls. Oh, yeah. It's Patrice. She's the bomb. She's got your girl together. Um, but I think that's so important. I think you're only as good as the people in your circle. So um, I think having a great circle is just so important. As I get older, I'm really learning that. I'm really learning about community and, and people that pour into you and, and just really help you center yourself. So I, I think that that's great to hear. So whoever's listening, just make sure you got some, you know, some people in your, in your circle, in your corner that really just edify you and love you for who you are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I think the next question I have for you is, you know, you went from educator to being a, you know, like a business guru, you know, you are the queen of, you know, research, you know, statistics. What is the power of pivoting? I feel like we're in a day and age where you can be anything that you want to be. If you want to be a hair braider and work at Ernst & Young in the daytime, you can do that. Why is there power in pivoting? Why is there power in pivoting to follow your passion? It's what you said about time. Mm-hmm. You understand that time is the one constant thing that's fleeting. Give yourself the ability to pivot. Mm-hmm. Because that only allows you to become better and to have fuller experiences of who you are. Because I think that's where we're on this journey. And we don't have to stay affixed to where we are today. For, be it a job, be it a company that you started, um, be it a relationship. You know when that nudge is pulling at you. That is something else that you're supposed to do. The beautiful thing is that we get the opportunity to pivot. Mm-hmm. If there was no opportunity to pivot, there would be no nudge. The reason why you have a nudge is because your spirit is saying you're, you're meant for more. Yeah. You have to do more. You, you're meant to be happy. You're meant to have joy. You're meant to live in harmony. If those things were not there, that would be, we wouldn't even have the word pivot. Mm. Pivot only means there's a shift to a better direction. Mm. And so I am grateful that we have that uncomfortable feeling. I'm so grateful that, and it's, and it's very annoying because sometimes we want to ignore that feeling. It's like, leave me alone. I want to be complacent. <laughs> yeah. Even we know, even when we try our best to pretend in front of our friends or our family that we're good, when we're at home by ourselves, the reason why we're restless is because our spirit is whispering to us, you know that this isn't your best. You know you're not at your best. Mm. And so then you get that moment when you get this vision of something that you're supposed to do and all of the only reason why that pit, that vision is there. So you can have the door to pivot. Mm. So pivot is another gift from God that we're not meant to stay fixed. And when that uncomfortable feeling comes, then you know, mm, am I uncomfortable because it's new? 
or I'm uncomfortable because I've stayed too long. Ooh, that was amazing. Am I uncomfortable because I stayed too long? When you stand in the place you've outworn the welcome, it's Absolutely. time to inspire. It's time for you to do something else. I love that. Yeah. Definitely using that in my life. <laughs> I stayed in some places too long, and yeah. I've I've had situations where I have I know I'm supposed to be doing more, and I can't sleep. I'm like, oh my, what am I supposed to be doing? Which is partly why I have this podcast because I know I'm supposed to be doing more. So this is my more project. Um, so I guess the next question I have for you is, um, you know. A lot of people are going to listen to this. They know that you are the business guru. What are three things, three resources that every business owner should have in order to be successful, whether they're big or they're small? Sure thing. I think number one for a business owner is belief in self. That's not something to Google. That's something I need everyone that's listening to this to know that in order for you to be successful, you have to believe that you can be successful. And then after that, work ethic has to be matched with that belief. Consistently fine tune your gifts, consistently get better, consistently confront the things that intimidate you. So if you're starting your business and numbers intimidate you, sit with it, learn it, still hire an accountant. You don't have to be the MVP in all areas, but be a student in all areas. Mm -hmm. because you have to know, you have to understand. And then lastly, I think ecosystem in in your community is so important. Iron sharpens iron. Get people of like minds in your community, in your ecosystem, in your village, in your your girl tribe, in your guy tribe, if guys say that. Mm -hmm. Whatever it takes, you have to have people of like minds that's nurturing you and that you're nurturing because you will only get better and then the last thing I know, so say three, you have to value the people that you get on your team. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that as you attract talent to your team, you need people. You need them to be successful. You need them to challenge you. And you need them to understand that they're value, valuable because there is no way that you can really accelerate and scale if you do not have a good supporting cast. So those are the things that have helped me most. I can, there are great books that you can read for those who are looking to drive their numbers and sales. I think the 10X rule is a great book Um, for those who are having a hard time scaling because their emotions are in the way. Energy of Emotions is a great book Mm -hmm. and a great tool that I think folks should read. And I think no matter where you are in your journey, you can take something from that book and be like, wow, this is what's going on with me. But for rapid scaling, trying to understand your numbers, I always defer to the 10X rule. But for emotional well-being, which I think is number one, the Energy of Emotions was a life-changing book for me. Well, I'm going to go buy that book immediately because I'm very emotional. <clears throat> um, but I think what you said, those those four things, they not only apply to businesses, but they apply to your life in general about passion, right? Identify your passion and be confident in it and have the guts to go after it. Um, so those those are great. I'm, I'm definitely getting that book for sure. Um, so I have a couple more questions and we'll wrap up this amazing interview because you are a dynamic. Um, what's like the biggest piece of advice that you've ever received to help push your mission forward? Yeah, the the biggest advice that I received in uh, 2016 was that the idea wasn't going to work. I don't know if that was advice or, yeah, yeah. I I remember, and it was a person who I I still consider a friend. I think that was that tough love conversation that, that, you know, sometimes your people hit you in the chest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the, what he said to me is that, this this is not going to work. Um, 
keep your job, number one. Um, but there's no business in focusing on Black businesses. Wow. And I'm so grateful that I heard it early. I'm so grateful I heard it before. It was right after my first market. And so I um, it did hurt my feelings when I heard it, but it challenged me to make sure that what he stated wasn't true. Mm. And so that's not advice, but what I want people to know that when you're starting, you will hear a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Some of it would be encouraging and some of it, you know, that hard, hard talk that people give you because they say they love you. And that's the best they have to offer because they think you're, they're protecting you. Mm-hmm. I, I must say that I'm so grateful that I'm stubborn and that I was clear and that I heard it early. Um, another, you know, more positive advice that I received on this journey um, is what I just shared. Know your numbers and value your team. Uh, a CEO of a company shared that uh, with me. I think that was 2017. When we she took a she took a meeting with me um, for a 45 minute meeting at the gathering spot, and those are the two things that that she shared. And I remember writing it down because I didn't want to forget. I didn't want to forget, um, and and it has helped me tremendously. Wow. And another area that we talked about pivoting. Um, a gentleman shared with me, don't be afraid to, you know, pivot my business model. And I look at, you know, during the heart of the pandemic, that shuttered the village market. I was one of those businesses that was a part of that 47% that was shuttered. And I had um, an opportunity to pivot. And that's when I opened the village retail at Pond City Market. But if, if I didn't have that stubbornness inside of me, but also didn't receive advice early on that it's okay to pivot, it's okay to change, it's okay to endeavor for something new. Um, I don't know, you know, what decisions I would have made in the heart of the pandemic when the highest, when our revenue was made from events and the fact that there was no end in sight when we would ever do what I, when, when we would be able to ever do what I love to do again. Um, you know, I'm grateful that I pivoted and, and opened a retail store. I'm grateful that I was given a vision uh, to pivot. I think it opened me in ways um, that if I didn't do this, I just wonder would things continue to expand? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm grateful for that. That's awesome. I love that you got some some fear. Somebody tried to put fear in your plans and you yeah. got to elevate your faith to be like, okay, you told me that, but that ain't what God said. So I'm going to continue on yeah. onward in my journey. I love that. Um, I could think the next question I have for you is what makes black people so special? Like, what do you love about black people? What's like our magic? Like, you know, everybody has their own definition of being black. We both love being black women, but what makes us so special? Why is that your, like your niche audience? Yeah. Uh, our aura makes us special mm-hmm. is our mere existence makes everything better. And it doesn't matter the genre. It doesn't matter the community. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the crises. It doesn't matter the movement or the moment. Ooh. When Black people are in the space, the space elevates. Yep. 
And it's simply because our aura was created in all the wonder and magic and the finest ingredients. And to be clothed in that, there is no greater gift that we can be bestowed than to be black. Then to have the second gift of being a woman, there is, we are not just our our ancestors' wildest dreams, we are security for the future. Mm. And that oozes from us because of everything that we created, everything that we are fearless enough to be and to confront. And, and we're in this very critical time, a special time, where we're going back to nurturing our vessel and our well being. The fruits of these sacrifices now, or those therapy sessions now. Yeah those quiet moments now is going to birth a healed generation. Mm-hmm. That's the work that we're doing now. That's the mission, the journey that we're on now. Ooh, it gave me chills. Wow, that's amazing. I, I completely agree. You said when Black people are in the space, we elevate it. I love that. That's, that's, okay. a, that's a t-shirt. Uh, so I have two more questions for you. I think the next question I have for you is, Dr. Key, what do you want your legacy to be? I feel like you're in the, the middle of legacy building, in the middle of setting it in motion. But what do you, when, when time passes and they say, you know, Dr. Key was amazing, what do you want them to say about you? What would that legacy be? I'm hoping, you know, that, that people will say um, that, she, that I did it my way. Mm-hmm. That I figured out my lane and I drove it as far as I could drive it and that I made it clear enough so people can follow mm. and open a path so the next person can exceed it. If I'm able to do those things and I will be able to do those things, then that is the only story that should be told because that means I came here and I fulfilled my assignment, that I opened a path And I made it wide enough for the next person to go farther than I could ever imagine. And I am also hoping that people know that I, at the best of my ability, I I did this thing called life. Mm. Quite imperfectly. Um, But that I did it to the best. And as I learned more, I did something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I was a constant vessel of unbecoming. Oh, I love that. Um, and for that, if that's the story, that means at the end of this journey that I truly became exactly why I was sent here. And of course, folks know that, you know, that I love my family. And that I am grateful to have had the ancestors in my life to guide me. Um, and that I treated people as well, as well as I was healed. Mm. And as I became more healed, I treated people even better. But most importantly, I love myself. That's beautiful. Ooh. That unbecoming to, and you, then you became, that's it. That's the... <laughs> That's the gym of this whole podcast. That was beautiful. Um, I guess the last question I have for you is, what do you have coming up? What's next for you in the village market? And Dr. Key. 
Yes. So uh, we have a lot of exciting projects coming up. We'll be announcing right after your birthday that um, we just partnered with Walmart to do this pro bono program for um, women owned businesses, which is exciting. And so we'll be able to uh, offer over $200,000 worth of grant money. Uh, We'll be able to offer back office services from HR to accounting, all those services for Black women in the Southeast region. So I'm extremely elated for that um, because that is the newest, freshest thing. And we have some other exciting projects that's going to come at the end of the year. But um, the the biggest thing that we're open every day at Pond City Market, come and see us on on the second floor. I'm hoping people um, will get to experience what I experienced when I walk in. And that's over 40 different Black businesses who are just exceptionally dope and people who believed in themselves and for me, I'm working on a super, super special project. Um, yeah, I might be doing some writing. I can't overshare oh, that. Okay. Um, but um, but just know that I'm working on something that I pray for um, just as passionately as I prayed when I was in third grade to be to be a teacher. That I've been I've been offered an opportunity to do that, and I can't. Can't wait to, to share more. So just keep me in your highest thoughts and prayers. I will. Dr. Key, this was like amazing. This is like the perfect way to not only kick off my week, but my birthday. I mean, this is just the way that you fed me with knowledge and just gems. I just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm full. I'm, I'm just so excited. This is absolutely incredible. Um, I can't thank you again for being a guest on my podcast. Um, you are definitely a gem of our generation. I feel like you are someone that if they don't know who you are, they need to get to know who you are. If they didn't want to support a black business, if they didn't want to know about community, just your aura and your spirit is like infectious. And I feel like people have to experience that. And I think, you know, you talked about you unbecame, you you were unbecoming to be, and then you became, I feel like that's, that's the part that people have to hear. You can, you don't have to stay the same. You can evolve Mm-hmm. Who you want to be because we're ever evolving because we're imperfect beings. So I love that. Um, so in closing, I want to thank everybody for listening to today's episode. As always, I'm going to keep giving you Mo. Dr. Key was incredible. Um, make sure you listen, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Dr. Key, can you tell us where we can find you? Yes. Um, but before you find me, make sure that you constantly pour into this Black woman, Monique yeah. Mitchell. <laughs> to pour into her because she's incredible and one of the people who I feel is one of the brightest lights that I've met. So light sees light. Um, so I'm, I'm so appreciative for you. I know that you see me yeah. and it means and it means a great deal. Um, but to follow me is Dr. Key Hallman on all platforms. Um, make sure you follow the Village Market. It's the Village Market ATL. And then the Village Retail is the Village Market Retail. Awesome. Thank you so much. And make sure you all follow me on Instagram at Monique and Mitchell. I'm on Twitter at Monificent11. As always, I'm going to keep giving you more. And until next time, I'll talk to you soon.